On this week's episode of the GESC podcast, we're going to sit down with two of the cast members as well as the director of The Great Escape's production of The Miracle Worker. Before we get to those interviews, though, let's take some time to educate ourselves about the play itself. Actors to your places, podcast listeners to your earbuds, join us as we make our great escape. The Miracle Worker focuses on the story of Helen Keller and Anne Sullivan. Now set in the late 19th century, the Keller family discovers that following an illness, their daughter Helen has lost her ability to see and hear. Like any concerned parent would, the Kellers seek out different medical help and specialists to make life as bearable for Helen as possible. After mixed results, as well as some of their own struggles when it came to disciplining their daughter, they reach out to Anne Sullivan, who is at the Perkins Institute for the Blind. Partially blind herself while also a teacher, Anne comes to work with Helen. And that's where our story really takes off. The Miracle Worker premiered on Broadway in October of 1959, and it closed in July of 1961. This production was directed by Arthur Penn, and it cast Anne Bancroft as Anne Sullivan and Patty Duke as Helen Keller. It won Bancroft her second Tony Award, and the playwright William Gibson won two Tonys for the work, for Best Drama and for Best Play. When asked about the work in a 2004 interview with NPR, William Gibson had this to say. It's also a metaphor for each of us growing up and learning what the reality of life is and adjusting to it, better or worse, successfully, unsuccessfully, creatively, destructively, etc. And that is what the play, unwittingly done by me, echoes with. Gibson is one of those authors whose genius is matched only by his humility. Having heard Gibson's thoughts on the matter, I feel it's only appropriate now that we switch gears and get a chance to hear from our guests. So I'm going to switch things over to our interview with Sarah Steiner, Rachel Doan, and Kim Ford. Thank you all very much for joining us, taking a moment out of your very busy schedule. Could I have us go down the line and quickly introduce ourselves so our listeners get used to our voices? Hi, I'm Sarah Steiner. I'm Rachel Doan. And I'm Kim Ford. All right, fantastic. So we have two of our leads, as well as a director of The Miracle Worker. Uh, I'm just curious, I'm going to start with Kim here. Kim, uh, what drew you to wanting to be this involved with The Miracle Worker? Um, it's a story that's always um, touched me deeply. Um, I grew up with a neighbor who was hearing impaired, so I've been studying sign language since the time I was in the second grade, I think. Um, and it's something that's always sort of um, tugged at my heart a little bit. Um, and I developed a hearing loss through a series of ear infections as a child. So I've had a progressive hearing loss throughout my life. Um, studied hearing and sign language studies at Madonna University that has a 70% deaf student population. So it's always something that's just drawn me in. Excellent, excellent. So are you going to be utilizing that training in any way as far as how, what you've brought to the production as a director or as far as your background goes? I, I think it, it affects how I interact with the material and with the actors on several levels. Um, one, I have an appreciation for some of the challenges that come with with being impaired, although my impairment's certainly not as severe as Helen Keller's or okay. even Ann Sullivan's. Um, I understand some of the adjustments and, and some of the challenges that, that come with that. Um, I think it's a story about very strong women, women triumphing over um, adversity and and not being afraid to ask for what they want and 
and not being afraid to face the challenges in front of them. And that's something I can certainly relate to and something I hope that I'm imparting to, to the actresses is that's, that's what I'm trying to draw out of there. This isn't a story about disability. This is a story about overcoming and triumphing and embracing life. Fantastic. And speaking of the actresses, let's take just a minute to get to know both of them. Uh, so Rachel, could you tell us just briefly, before we get to uh, your role in the show itself, uh, what is your background in acting? What other experiences have you had prior to your time at The Great Escape? Um, well, I've been acting since I was four years old. Actually, I started at the Frank Center and I was in Avida for <laughs> my first show. Um, and then after that, I went to Battle Creek and did some stuff over there for a little bit. Then I came back to the Frank Center and um, I've been kind of all over the place. I do some shows in Battle Creek with the Bad Wolf Theater Company, and I did one thing at the Tibbetts um, Summer Popcorn Theater, and now I do shows at Marshall High School as well. Fantastic, fantastic. And what role are you playing in the play itself today? Uh, Helen Keller. Oh, excellent. And can you tell us a little bit about what you've had to do to say prepare for such a role? Because I mean, that's quite an undertaking to be Helen Keller. It is. Um, well, when I first found out I got the role, I was very excited and I closed my eyes and just tried to maneuver around my house actually for a little <laughs> bit and tried to do uh, like simple tasks like making a glass of water or something silly like that. And um, I paid attention to the way I was walking and how I would like feel things and stuff like that. And then, uh, but actually since we've started rehearsals, I find it a lot easier because I'm with the other actors, you know, who I'm going to be performing with. So. I don't know, it's very interesting. She's sort of become our tutor. We have a number of young people in the cast who are playing blind children. Um, and it's come very naturally to Rachel, so I've asked her to step in and do some, some tutoring and training with the younger folks in the cast as well, and she's really stepped up to the mark on that. Sarah, let's do the same thing for you then. So give us a little bit about your background as far as prior to your time at the GESC, and uh, then I'd love to hear about your role too. All right, well, I started acting in Marshall, grew up in Marshall, and started acting when I was 12 and fell in love with it. First time that I got out on stage in front of a ton of people, just knew that that was what I wanted to do. And so after that, I tried to act as much as I possibly could each year. So in uh, high school productions and at the Frank Center and with the MCP, Marshall Civic Players. And then um, I have performed at Tibbetts for about the last three summers before this in just various ensemble roles, and I am currently a acting major at Western Michigan University. Go Broncos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of, it's my life and my passion, and um, that's why I'm really excited to play Annie Sullivan. Excellent. And tell us about your thoughts about playing Annie. Oh, well, I had never read The Miracle Worker mm -hmm. um, until I was contacted like, hey, look at this, look at this script, look at this part and everything. And I fell in love with Annie, her strength, you know, what she did. Yeah, like to call her a miracle worker. It is. Take this blind, deaf, mute child that no one has been able to wrangle yet and make her, you know, what Helen Keller became, you know, this person, this amazing author and just person and activist. Um, who learned to talk without being able to hear or see, you know, that is that is a pretty cool thing. Um, so just like reading her history, and um, Kim's, Kim said this to me, she was a fighter, a fighter her whole life from the time she was just a little girl and helping her brother through these terrible things that happened to them when they were young and then to help Helen and then to help all the other people that she helped throughout her life was just 
is just amazing. So yeah, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to play this to play this role. So as you said, there are lots of uh, amazing moments in Helen Keller's life. Uh, as far as in The Miracle Worker, are there any moments or scenes that maybe speak to any of you specifically or that you all feel are particularly uh, phenomenal as far as the script goes? Wow, I'm there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure where to start because we're one week into rehearsals and they already had me in tears at Sunday when we were rehearsing. Um, the cast is really connecting with the material, so I don't know that I can pick out one scene. Um, the relationships they're building, there's a, um, a moment. Um, Rachel is going to grow into the greatest stage fighter you've ever seen. <laughs> she, is, she is kicking some butt, and there's a scene where she's fighting with the servant's daughter where you're actually af afraid for the child that's underneath. Rachel, at that at that time, it's that believable. As am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a scene where um, Rachel is is breaking down, and her mother, Kate, played by Alex Kurnow, is comforting her. And watching the scene, we're all tearing up because we can feel how much they want to help each other, and they can't. But you can tell from the look on the actors' faces that they're holding back tears in the scene as well. Mm -hmm. And we're only one week into rehearsal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would definitely say any scene, and there's a lot of them where we see how much people love Helen, how much they believe, even if they don't necessarily say that they believe she can be helped, that they do, and they, and they want so badly for her to connect and to become a part of the world that they get to enjoy. Um, that's, just, that's just really powerful and I don't think many people, thinking about what Helen Keller was experiencing, she's this body but she is not in our world until someone like with her family was able to help her become a part of the world. So she was born and then reborn. It's mm -hmm. just anytime you get to see that in the scene, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's not just the scenes with Helen, though. There's a scene where Annie Sullivan and Captain Keller are fighting over a suitcase. Mm. Mm. And it's about more than just fighting over the suitcase. Right. It's about who's going to dominate this relationship and who's going <laughs> to tell people what to do. Yeah. And I, I will dare anybody to watch that scene and not want to stand up and cheer for Annie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was also going to say kind of a same thing Kim said about the scene where Alex is helping me, or comforting me, I guess I should say, because um, Helen, I was going to say, she doesn't know that she's done anything wrong, but I think she does, and I think she's crying out for attention because she wants to understand. She just wants so badly to communicate with people, and she understands that they're communicating, and she doesn't understand why she can't. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really powerful. It's gut-wrenching, actually, to think about and it's just so sad at the end because her mother Alex is um, comforting me and we're both on the floor and I'm crying and they don't know how to help me but they want to and I don't know really how to be helped either it's very emotional it sounds like you have a lot of thoughts going on in your head as an yeah. actress while you're portraying this part <laughs> are there any other thoughts or kind of internal monologues that you are having as actors uh, that maybe the audience might not pick up on anything that's going through your head that we might not convey right away I think for me, um, the show ties in the connection that Annie had with her brother when they were little, before he dies, and I definitely am always having that internal monologue of, you know, I couldn't help him, but maybe I can help her, and just sort of 
using Helen in a way to come to peace with what happened with her, with her little brother. Um, I think when, I think Helen always in her mind has a plan mm -hmm. and because she can't see the world around her, she doesn't think of anything going wrong with it because I mean, it's all kind of in her own head. And so when she locks Andy in her room and um, <laughs> hides the key in her mouth, which actually turns out to work because she disposes of the key later. But um, I think she kind of lives in her own world. I mean, she does live in her own world, but there's always like a thought process to her actions. And it's always, how can I get the attention of this person? Or how can I get what I want? And I think she's always fighting for something in her own mind, kind of in that way. What do you want your audiences to take away from either you know, from your direction or from the two of you, your performance? What do you want them to hold with them after this performance is done? Um, I think it's a word I'm using a lot with the cast, and that's I want people to see the hope that mm -hmm. no matter what obstacles are in front of you, there's always there's always hope. That's all I've got, Tony. It's, yeah. that's, yeah. that, that's, what I, that's what I keep drilling into the actors at each rehearsal. It's kind of a big deal. I mean, it's what's left in Pandora's box after everything yep. else. Leaves, right? <laughs> I was kind of going to say the same thing, actually, is that, I guess, in other words, life is what you make of it. I mean, you can take any situation, take Helen Keller's situation in blind, deaf, and mute, and then seeing how Annie helped her and she grew to be this person that... Um, could speak for herself is really incredible. So, I mean, really just take what you're given and persevere, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like Kim said, there is always hope no matter what the circumstances. Yeah, I guess it's sort of the same thing. But I would, I would also really love for people to take away from this performance that, you know, everyone is different and it just takes determination to make everyone, the, not really the same, but um, have everyone live together in harmony. It's, it's not ever gonna be easy, you know? She, and Annie doesn't, she doesn't go into it thinking it's gonna be easy to help Helen communicate, but she is determined to make it happen because she knows that it can. And I, I hope that people know that with determination, you can do anything. We hear all the time of people that are born and the doctors say they won't live in like past two. They mm -hmm. will never be able to do anything for themselves. And then we see 20 year olds, people that live into their old age that can do way more than a doctor ever said they would be able to. So determination is everything. Right, so Sarah, Rachel and Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, we're looking forward to the show. Thank you. Immediately following that interview, I had the opportunity to watch a rehearsal over at The Great Escape, and I was absolutely spellbound by the performances that I saw. The dedication, the hard work, the skill, the raw talent that everyone brought to the production was phenomenal. And they haven't even opened yet, so I can't wait for the show itself. And if you want the opportunity to come see this great production, you'll have that chance, of course. It will open July 20th, that's a Thursday evening, and it will run until July 30th, a Sunday. Performances run Thursday through Sunday at The Great Escape. We just have so many great things to show you, we need to present on Thursdays too. <laughs> so if you have any questions about getting tickets or anything Great Escape oriented, please check out our Facebook page. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like and a share. And you may also check out greatescapestagecompany.com, our website. That is 
greatescapestagecompany.com. I'd like to take a moment just to send another thank you out to Sarah, to Rachel, and to Kim. A thank you to all of our supporters, those of you who are patrons, or those of you who simply shared our information out and got the word out about our wonderful little theater company. I'd like to send a special thanks to Kyle Booth, who composed our music. And I would also, I feel like there's so many people to thank, and the music's playing, and I'm not as bold as Bette Medler, so I'm just going to stop. Uh, <laughs> join us next week, everybody, when we have an opportunity to sit down and interview more cast members for this amazing production. I'm Antonio Barroso. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>